Hi, my name is Kara Hilwig. I'm the pilot biologist for Togiak National Wildlife Refuge, and this is My Life Wildlife. As a pilot biologist for a National Wildlife Refuge, I have one of the most exciting jobs in the world, I think. I get to be involved in all aspects of the refuge, from our education components to our biology, to water quality, to um, any of our cooperative projects as well. So I'm involved in all aspects of the biology program. Well, a pilot biologist working for the National Wildlife Refuge System is a person who essentially enables everybody to get out on the refuge. So in Togiak Refuge, there are essentially no roads that access the refuge. So the only way you get in there is by airplane, snow machine, or boat. So I'm, I'm the driver. <laughs> The river systems are essentially the highways for people and animals to kind of get, get through the refuge, many of which people enjoy doing float trips and fishing on. And we do uh, patrols and things like that too, so I'll use an airplane to drop people off for their float trips so they can go do law enforcement or bear hair snaring or fishery surveys, whatever they need to do. It's always hard to pull up on the beach and kick these guys out with all their rafting equipment and not be able to go on the trip. <laughs> I have to get back in the plane and fly home. <laughs> I was one of those kids that I was always digging in the dirt and bringing home lots of interesting critters and letting them go in the house to see my mother's reaction. And uh, that was kind of just inherent. The biology was just inherent in me. You know, I was always outside and then I went through school and was always interested in the sciences and things like that. And finally, I graduated from, from high school and took an aptitude test. And I didn't recall this until just a few years ago. But the aptitude test said that I should be a microbiologist or a pilot. And piloting was far from anything our family or anything I had been exposed to. And so that just didn't even seem like an option, you know. So I, I ended up pursuing wildlife and fisheries science at uh, University of Arizona. And I uh, got my uh, bachelor's there and then uh, went on to do my master's degree in biology. And it seemed like everywhere I lived, I was always under the pattern of an airport so that the airplanes that were landing were always overhead wherever my house was. So I was always looking up at those airplanes thinking, I bet I could do that. and then. Once I completed my master's, I decided, you know, I'm just going to do that. And I took flight lessons and basically gave myself the gift of uh, flight lessons for completing my master's. <laughs> About 2010, I moved to Juneau and, and found myself working in a windowless office for eight hours a day looking through a microscope, and I knew that wasn't the job for me. <laughs> And while I was there, I met a gentleman with the Fish and Wildlife who uh, really piqued my interest because he saw my airplane sitting at the airport and we started having a discussion and he started talking about his job and I figured, okay, this is something I need to do. And so I was gunning for this job for about six years before I finally got it. I thought I had an idea of what this job was about and it is far more amazing than I ever anticipated. 
Everything in my background with fisheries biology has served me really well in the aviation world because I did so much boat work in fisheries biology and that directly translates to flying a float plane and being on the water in a float plane and you know trying to keep a float plane upright <laughs> in swift water. The airplane that I fly for work has skis, wheels, and floats associated with it, so I can fly all three configurations. Because of the demands of piloting, the biology is maybe 20% or less of my time, and usually that just entails bringing data home and writing up a couple of reports. And it's just because the, the flying part of it is so intense and the training requirements is pretty extensive. Most of my time is dedicated to the aviation part of it, be it pre-flighting, weather checking, and then maintaining OAS certifications. You know, when I, when I came on board, having a master's degree in biology and a pilot's license and 500 hours to be able to fly for the service, you know, I was called the unicorn. <laughs> They just don't exist. The aviation training is something that brings out all of your faults. It is so difficult in a lot of regards and so rewarding all at the same time. Operating equipment, you know, it's there's certainly a, a propensity for folks to do well if they enjoy that kind of thing. But that's a very small portion of it because I'd say the majority of being successful in an airplane is the mental part of it, where you have to be ahead of the airplane, you have to understand aerodynamics, you need to know if the engine bobbles a little bit, why did it do that, and you need to correct it right away, and you need to know yourself and know if you do get in a situation where you're in weather and you can't see the ground, which is a very sickening feeling, you can't panic. If you do smell smoke in the cockpit, you can't panic. And that's where the training comes in. You know, when you're in a tense situation, you can't go all flippity gidget and freak out. You know, <laughs> you got to maintain your head. Every day I go up in this airplane for work, and I cannot believe I'm getting paid to do this job. I fly across the refuge, and it's the most beautiful, wild place that I have ever seen in my entire life. You don't see fence lines, you don't see power lines, you don't see roads, you don't see any semblance of human disturbance across 4.7 million acres of land. It is unbelievable. It's very hard to describe to people who fly over the lower 48 and they see a bunch of square grids laid across the ground with roads and pipelines and everything else, but this refuge is just amazing. I. It's something that every person should try to see, but the only way they're going to see it is by an airplane. <laughs> there is no downtime in refuge flying. In the wintertime, we're doing captures and surveys. In the spring, we're doing telemetry to find collared animals to see how many babies they're having and how they're surviving. And then in the summertime, we're doing float work with all the water quality work, the fisheries work, invasive species work. 
the most satisfying part of this job is being able to use the airplane as a tool to achieve really amazing, worthwhile projects that are towards the conservation of landscapes and, and critters on the refuge. And part of that concept of being a tool, you know, it's me in the airplane and my passenger. And all three of us have a job. And when you fly a certain passenger time and time and time again, you become what I call a well-oiled machine where you know what's going on, you know what the next step is, and you can anticipate things. And so the efficiency component is really improved. And feeling like you and your passenger are a well-oiled machine and feeling completely connected to the airplane, that is really, really rewarding for me. I think what I enjoy most is flying over the landscape and reading the story that's written in the snow. So you can follow the moose tracks and follow the moose tracks to a, an individual moose, or you can be flying along and see a little bit of blood in the snow and then start following that and pretty soon you see a scene where wolves had chased a moose and had, you know, done what wolves do, eat moose. <laughs> and you can see where it was probably a calf and then the, the cow, you know, left the area and so it's pretty interesting to, to read the story in the snow. Working for the Fish and Wildlife Service and thinking about the refuge system, down in the lower 48, most of the refuges down there have some sort of hands-on management actions, like harvesting cornfields and leaving the stubble up for, you know, winter forage for migrating waterfowl, or actively removing some thing in order to promote another species. So the refuge managers down there are actually I think I've seen the term moving dirt around to manage, actively manage the landscape to promote conservation of various species. Here in Alaska, when you fly over this country, this is pristine wilderness up here. Very, very little human effects on the landscape. And when there are effects, they're pretty isolated. Alaska and the Alaska Refuge System, these systems are largely intact and they deserve every level of protection that we can possibly give them to conserve ecosystem processes and the subsistence users that rely on the critters that use, utilize the refuge. The, the grandeur of the refuges in Alaska is unmatched in the world, in my opinion. This has been My Life Wildlife, a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. Producers Lisa Hupp and Chris Pacheco. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Race Car. Produced and story edited by Charlotte Moore Lambert. Audio editing, sound design, and original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production Manager, Gabriella Montekin. Artwork by Michelle Lawson. In Alaska, the employees of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are shared stewards of world-renowned natural resources 
and our nation's last true wild places. The lands and waters of this place we call home nourish a vast and unique array of fish, wildlife, and people. Our hope is that each generation has the opportunity to live with, live from, discover, and enjoy the wildness of this awe-inspiring land and the people who love and depend on it.